quite, yeah. Hello, we're live. Thank you. I've got this new setup where I'm sitting closer to the microphone. So hopefully you can hear me better. And I'm just going to set up my um, technical support with the um, with the live stream. And then I'll get underway. Do you have YouTube, Josh? Uh, dot, dot, go. Okay. You connected to the internet. I'll turn it on. Which is Chromecast? Is you press the A B button until yeah. you get HDMI three. Okay, yeah, we're just having some um technical so ah Josh. Wait a second, I'll just get a phone. Josh, your phone yeah. doesn't have the um the um Wi-Fi, so I'll do it on this. Alright. I need that one for the news. Alright. Unless I have this one for the news. Cute tablet for the news because it's bigger screen. Okay. Yeah, so so we are live. Very interesting. We're just turning on a phone. So we can um start talking. So this is which day day of the pandemic is it? Fifty seven. Yeah, day 57 of the pandemic, and we are speaking from um, a secret location in a um, no, in a local community. There's a window behind us. In a local community, we're not curtains that like by. We're not in an underground bunker. So, so not yet. Not yet. Why doesn't the Wi-Fi work? Well, anyway, so the internet on. Oh, here it is. It says I'm live. If you call your video um, Corona update, Pizzy, you'll get a lot more views. I know, but I don't. I don't want to. Okay. Okay. So you know the um, Chromecast. Could be an opportunity to grow your channel. You know the Chrome yes, okay. Right, hello. We're live. We are talking about um, daily events and then we will also talk about how my life is and we'll try to look at the camera as much as possible. But I understand trying to make the chair work, but I'm closer to the microphone this time so you can hear me better. Um, I, re I realise that it's not the top quality podcast, but the more I do it, the um, the more I will learn and get better at it. So we'll keep it up and hopefully we'll improve. So to start off with, on the Peter and Peter, we'll just start off with some basic... Um, I just want to get close to the microphone here. So I'm, you know, maximising the sound. Because I was listening to myself the other day and it wasn't very clear. So yeah, so we're just getting to the daily update of the coronavirus. And, um, and then we'll talk about some other stuff. Last time I only managed half an hour. But we can see if we can squeeze a couple of hours out of this podcast. Um, although you have to bear in mind it's just me and my technical support monkey Toby here. And between us we will figure out how to keep on speaking all the time. Which is hard enough by yourself. So let's get on to BBC News here. And we'll just redo some headlines keep you informed and then we'll talk about some issues and see what we can learn. So the live news, the first headline is coronavirus cases pass 300,000 around the world. Um, Italy imposes more restrictions they say. Um, 
Sturgeon, the Scottish national leader, says life should not feel normal now. Miss Sturgeon says life should not feel normal right now. And she asks the public to consider if their lives feel normal. And if it does, whether they need to make changes. She reiterates advice for safe distancing of two metres and says, and says events such as wedding receptions are among those which should not take place. So we are living in a world where life is different and things are happening and things should not feel normal. So the summary of the main events, I'll just read through the list and then I'll get on a couple of news articles that I find interesting and then we'll talk about it from my local standpoint and then we'll think about some possible things to say after that. So listen in. Okay, summary. Cases past 300,000 with more than 13,000 deaths around the world. 93,000 people have recovered, which leaves nearly 200,000 people currently with the illness. So as you can see, this is a live issue and things are being worked out as and when they happen. Okay, so secondly, um, Spain registers 394 deaths from coronavirus in a day, which is a lot. Australia to close pubs, clubs, cinemas, casinos, nightclubs and places of worship. Um, so similar to what they've done in the UK. Uh, I know that my local church has moved to online streaming on YouTube. Um, they're getting a lot more people watching than my channel, but I suppose that's the case for a church. Um, so yeah, so sport and physical activity outside a band in Italy's worst hit region of Lombardy. Also, Britons are warned to spread of the virus is accelerating and they must avoid social contact. More than a billion people across India observe a 14 hour long curfew to test the country's preparedness. So they're being sensible and proactive. Okay, so they're the main headlines. The numbers seem to be escalating and I'll keep a daily update of the headlines on my channel. So um, there's a couple of different um, headlines in the news section. The rough sleepers who can't self-isolate are being given hotel rooms. Will I be paid when I'm at home with my kids is a concern. What the shop's doing about stockpiling is also a concern. So how to behave in an epidemic. We'll um, read this and then we'll try and think of something else. Is there anything interesting to read? Being two meters apart, messaging each other, having a sense of community. And yeah, that's basically the times we live in where handshaking is not going to be a thing anymore. And people are going to be a lot more wary about um, catastrophes and stocking up on resources, which is an interesting point. And on YouTube, there has been a lot of different channels with, um, they're called prepper videos, where they um, prepare for world events when you have to rely on yourself and you can't have the luxuries of going to the supermarket to get what you need. So there is a certain sense that those people that have been preparing, you may have looked at them before and thought they were idiots and wasting their time, but in now they are the forefront of survivalists and they are pioneering the way into looking after yourself and being self-sufficient in times of crisis. And my personal idea on this is things are only going to get worse. The deaths are going, you know, straight up with the whistle sound and there's no petering off, if you pardon the pun, that I often say, 
there's no there's no decline in sight and it just is exponential as you can see in Italy so um, one thing that I've thought is that um, things are very comfortable in life you're able to go to the supermarket you can go to work you can watch Netflix and your internet always works and everything is comfortable for you and people get so focused on the particulars of their life and they don't realize that really we're walking jelly and we are so vulnerable and we need constant food constant water medical attention and we need all these things and in a world where this is interrupted um it is enlightening to think that the the um it's enlightening to think how vulnerable we are and how we can quickly turn from a comfortable situation into a crisis. So I hope, if anything, this teaches us that we need to be more thoughtful about the world and consider how important it is um, to sustain life and how the particulars of what we focus on, like social media, how many likes and comments and shares you're all getting, and all of the um, Netflix and what you're watching, and just things of non-importance, like political issues, and just counting on your finger aimlessly. These things are just quite pointless, and you need to just realise that... Um, there's more to life and I think this coronavirus is starting to show us. So in this country they have stopped schools um, for most pupils and kept them, open, kept them open for children of essential workers so they can continue to work. So that leaves about 10-20% of pupils left. Um, so it's, um, things are already starting to change and when you think the world is a continual um, supply chain and demand and people are always running the society and if the one of the implications of people staying home is that um, things don't get done and soon enough the delivery to supermarkets the basic supply of our basic needs will be interrupted and there might be stocks being um, restocked on the shelves now in supermarkets but what happens when the delivery drivers get here what happens when the farmers aren't able to plant their crops what happens when the farmers aren't able to keep up with the demands that we need because the last harvest was okay so the food we have now is okay so the delivery is a problem but the next harvest the next year of food will be even more at risk and there'll be less so the impacts of everyone staying home and there being a lockdown will greatly impact our lives not just now but in the following months and even years and it might take a whole two years for things to return to normal and even then the whole world would be changed everybody's mindsets of living their once comfortable lives will be put in perspective and people have to realize that we need to prepare for the worst and bad things can happen and i just hate the thought of people spending their lives going to work and being in an office and just doing the routine and then they do that for 30 years and when really life isn't about that, it's about being in the moment and having friendship and family and, and just enjoying and savouring every moment. And that's what life is about, just making meaning. And then people find themselves going to work for 30 years, just half their life gone. And, and then when something bad does happen and you are at the end of your life, you think, what have I just spent my time doing? So I think there is a sense that we need to really refocus what we think is a good thing to do because a lot of jobs 
are supporting our materialist consumerism and there's Amazon workers so we can buy from Amazon and there's entertainment industry so we can be entertained and a lot of things are not necessities to human flourishment and life so I think that you could in a society you could easily just have the basic workers and everyone else could be free from that and and focus on other things because when you really think of it the children of the basic workers that need to stay at school that they're needed in times of crisis and you could argue they're the only jobs that should be done and all the superfluous luxury jobs that give us our comfortable lifestyle you don't need them so if people just have the basics if we would just live moderate humble small lives and just say grow our own crops supply our own water and be self-sustaining and we all look out after ourselves we don't need this massive supply chain that is so vulnerable to world catastrophe i think we could really reshape how the whole world lives and hopefully this will be a stark awakening to people but most likely people will just continue as normal into their comfortable lives and if anything they just might get a little bit more comfortable and they might not do anything about it so i'll just pour myself some ginger beer and we'll um get back to the um daily coronavirus update another time so that's my thoughts on the coronavirus and i have um one person watching me which i am very pleased about and um sorry about this bottle in the way but it's interesting just how, how things can quickly change something can happen and then all our priorities are changed we're not thinking about the the timesheet at work and we're not thinking about um you know the luxuries we're thinking about the basics we're thinking about medicine we're thinking about food and <clears throat> yeah we, we just need to refocus on what's important and i've if, if anything i've had a different change of mind and i think from now on in the future whatever happens with this coronavirus in to be prepared for something greater whenever i have resources at my disposal i will proportion part of my earnings always to preparing for some sort of world event so i'll you know eat one meal and then set aside another meal for a catastrophe because i think if i haven't learned anything and i continue to just go to the supermarket just as everyone else when the next coronavirus happens and things are even worse and it's not killing one percent but it's killing 50 percent and society collapses in a big way even more so now and we do lose our luxuries and our comfortable lifestyle if that happens i want to be prepared so from now on i'll probably stock up on all the resources i need so i'm not frantically buying stuff when the time comes I'm actually um, fully um, being prepared and I think that's an important feature of life now. Yeah, but I need, yeah, it's just think people focus on just stupid things. Like so somebody in their 20s will focus on having a job, having an income, and trying to buy a house what does buying a house mean as far as i'm concerned if you're living in a house and you've got a bed to sleep what difference what physical tangible difference does it make if you have a piece of paper saying you, you own the house if you're sleeping in a bed you're sleeping in a bed it doesn't matter if you're renting you know or or living there 
It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you own it or not. It's just ridiculous. And then people put all their time and effort into buying a house and then they'll spend 30 years paying off a mortgage and then doing a job they're not fully satisfied with just so they can go ahead and pay off their mortgage. And then when they die, they pass on a house. Like, what use is that? What does that achieve? Nothing. So as I say, I think the, the priorities of life have to be reconsidered and we have to find a way to live and make most of it while also preparing for the best, for the worst situation. Um, yeah, so I think, so I watched a film that where the family lived in the forest and decided to disconnect themselves and be self-sufficient. And really, that's all you really need is to sustain yourself and have food. And if you've done that, you don't need to be stuck into the career ladder and the consumerism and all the important parts of, you know, the comfortable lifestyle we live. You, if you have the basics and maybe you have a lot more free time and you can read books and you can talk to people. And I think as a society, what we should be aiming towards but I really doubt it will change anything because in times of crisis people are panic buying like they do on Black Friday people are going resorting to social media more than ever people are watching more Netflix so if anything this crisis when everyone's in a lockdown at home um, where they will soon be like they are in France and Italy in the times of crisis, people are just getting a more comfortable lifestyle when really everyone should be thinking, wait a minute, I need to be independent of this vulnerable um, societal, you know, thing propping us up and keeping us alive. The, the whole, you know, supply chain and the whole supermarkets and comfortable lifestyle and the economics of life and everything you, you don't need to be a part of that you can easily be by yourself and fully be independent and if you're able to eat and if you're able to look after yourself and you can have your own supply of your basic needs you don't need to work all you need is to be able to live and I think people can live like something that I found going and working is that you sort of doing something you don't like for another purpose and it's like to make your CV look good and it's not what you really want to do when really you should be doing something that you really want to do and really people are just doing stuff for other ideas they're doing something that they don't like to pay off a mortgage and what's in control of their life isn't their own free will it's an objective that they think is a good idea so I want to live a life where my goal is inclined with what I really want to do so I want to have a lot of free time I want to be able to self-sustain and live a good life but even then even if that's my goal it's difficult because of what everybody thinks about money and life and life is about getting a house it's about getting a family it's about buying a house it's about paying a mortgage all of this non-important things that become goals of someone's life someone's life and when i hear <coughs> Sorry, I'm just um, <clears throat> talking too much and um, coughing, which isn't the best thing to do in this time. But um, yeah, when I hear about someone who says, oh, I was a nurse for 38 years, that just gives me a little bit of disappointment in my mind because you've just done something for half your life and now it's done and you spent thousands of hours doing something to pay the bills and you didn't fully enjoy it and that just that's not what life's about and I think we need to 
really reiterate and refocus and make our lives worth living and not be full of struggle and make it full of things you actually enjoy. If my day comprised of reading books, watching YouTube, making YouTube videos, as it does now, when the world is a lockdown, if that was my life and I could do things what I wanted, um, well, the annoying thing is, if, I, if I'm unemployed and I stay at home and I did that for 20 years, people will look at me and think, that person is living a lower level life and is do and wasting their time when really I'm having a great time. So I think to be able to fully be comfortable in living and doing things that you actually like, everyone has to have the same mindset. You can't live in a household when some people are working and think that's the way to do it and you not work. You have to all be not working. And I think there is something to this. I think that in the future, when things like artificial intelligence make things automatic and the workforce doesn't need to be needed, there'll be a huge shift in human, you know, what it means to be human and human life. It's just, there's a shift from working to not working. And the tricky thing is, if, is figuring out what to do without work. Because I hear people say all the time, oh, you need work to, um, to you know, be sane and everything. When really, that's just a misconception. You can be sane by yourself doing things you like. And from personal experience, my holidays from school and my time off from work is always better than the time at work. I don't care if there's light and shade between the weekdays and the weekend and and it makes things really, um, you know, you can enjoy your time off. I'd, it's not a, a, an ideal situation. I want to have all my time off. I want to dedicate things I spend my time on. I want to dedicate to things I actually enjoy. So that's a little... Um, <laughs> rant about how our lives could be different and how we could focus on things that actually matter <coughs> and um we'll keep on coughing during this outbreak it's funny like there are films and games with apocalyptic scenarios where everyone has to fend for themselves and there are many things like that which I think have they been brainwashing us, preparing us for some societal crisis, some worldwide catastrophe and these films have been shaping our response. Like Black Friday encourages people to panic by, I think the zombie franchise and Walking Dead and games like Dying Light and things are just really there to make people think about in the times of crisis, even if that thinking is unconscious. So there's a lot of things like that. I won't get too conspiratorial about it, but there's a lot of things that I think, well, actually, you know, we're not in control. Some people are filling our minds, like the media, the headlines, filling our minds with what's the best thing, what's deemed better, and when really we um, need to be in control of our own viewpoint and have freedom. And I think a lot of people, like Joe Rogan says, are sleepwalking through life. They go to work, they go on Instagram, they're influenced by their culture and they're nothing more than a sleepwalking, talking, you know, person where the lights aren't quite switched on. And I think there's something about being fully awake in the moment that's really valuable. Now, this might be relevant. On the... um. 
on this live stream, I am hoping that there is a live chat and people um, can put in questions and if you go onto your underneath the um, video and you go on the live chat you can type something if you'd like there is a delay about um, 10 seconds but if you like to live chat and join in the conversation and we can do some Q&A's questions and answers and I quite like doing this and hopefully we can keep this thing going keep this live chat this podcast alive now I've noticed on the screen that there's a green dot that's a bit of annoying thing okay that's the um that's the tumble dryer so if someone listening <laughs> would be so kind to um turn it off <laughs> uh, it's funny okay can't ask any questions because you'll fingerprint things oh, okay can change the settings so it doesn't um, okay. time out. Toby, keep on talking. Well, mm. hello Mike. How you doing? Boy Mike, are you listening? Mike? Mike, are you listening to me? Mike? Boy? How do you do it? Mike? Are you listening? I don't think your mic's listening. Here's a microphone. Alright. Your mic isn't listening. Well, maybe just because it isn't responding, it doesn't mean it's not listening. Okay. Did you? Are you listening? <laughs> I'm a bit confused. Where was it? How long will it um, log to be out in? Well, well, um... 30 minutes? There's no lock on it anymore. Oh, great. Thank you. Okay, turn the tumble dryer off. Okay, yeah, back to the um, live cast. I was hoping that I can cover up <coughs> this um, green light. Oh well, never mind. You'll have to cope. There's an annoying green light on that microphone. I think I've ruined some people's lives because they didn't notice it before. But now I've noticed it is really on. Ah, somebody needs to turn off that tumble dryer. Yeah, if you if you, if you turn down, turn off the tumble dryer. Just um, just turn it off there. See, now does that cover up? Yeah. Wait, wait. We've got a little bag here to yeah. cover. Yeah. I ignored you um, when I didn't hear you say tumble dry, and then I went to the living room and heard you say it then. So oh, I went right. to turn it off. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, right. Just a little um, um, info. I am in my bedroom doing this live stream and my brother is watching me on the main TV and he has got my phone listening to the YouTube channel. So if he wants to go in the live chat and ask me questions, it's under my name. So I will be answering questions written by my brother in my name. So if you go on the live chat and you're confused, then don't worry, my brother's got my phone with my account and I'll answer questions from that. Okay, Jeremy Corbyn's four day week doesn't look so crazy now. It does not. I, I remember working and thinking my life would be completely solved if I had a four day week. 
and <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But just that extra day at the weekend would be so good. And an extra less day during the week would be awesome. And that would have solved my life. When, of course, now I think about it, I I could barely manage one day at work. Now that I'm not used to it. But that four day a week is a good idea. Considering that now, instead of... um a four-day week to keep everybody healthy and well. Now everyone's not working at all. <laughs> so I think that in the future, because <clears throat> I think a lot of businesses will go bankrupt and things will be stripped down to the bare necessities and society will simplify a bit. So I'm hoping that the workload will be less so people can work a four-day week. And also, it's just so much more time at the weekend and you have that extra day and you can really relax. And I think spare time is really important and um, I think it's really good for people's sanity and just to people to enjoy the time that they have at work and also enjoy the weekend. Because when I was working, there was definitely a sense that the weekend was short-lived and the week was so long. But if it was more in the balance of four to three instead of five to two, I think that would be so much better. So for everyone joining live chat without a time machine to find Peter explaining, I'm Peter's brother and I have his phone. So <laughs> if you're not confused, it's funny because I have no idea if people will join. It'd be great if they did. But um, yeah, so on the live chat, there's an explanation to why it comes up with my name. So, so the Peter Repeater podcast is brought to you. No, I haven't got a sponsor. But um, yeah, yesterday I tried to, to talk for... Uh, hour and a half, by half an hour than an hour, and I got a bit tired after half an hour, and I just gone on a massive rant about how our lives should be different. So that leaves me with one thing to talk about: conspiracies. No, there's not part of my peace of mind to talk about conspiracies. But if there ever was a time to be a conspiracy, a conspiracist, now is the time. Just think about worldwide catastrophe to reshape, reform society and to make people live differently. And it was <laughs> in the very place that harboured and was the start of this disease coronavirus was a, the exact place where they have some sort of research institution with man-made diseases. So <laughs> you didn't hear it from me. Well, you did. But it's just, you know, there's always a conspiracy. But now, I'll be honest with you, even though it's not part of my care plan to have conspiracies, I think conspiracies, you know, the ones that make sense, they're probably true. It's not it's not good considering them and it's not good focusing on them because you can get paranoid and get worried about stuff unnecessarily. But I just think if you're sensible, you realise that there is an abundance of power and there's a lack of power on display if you know what I mean like the Prime Minister can't do that much and yet there's a whole wealth and power of the world and even if it even if there's no conspiracy you can still argue that whoever is in control of the media is got more influence over us than anybody could possibly have what here's another question to squeeze out another five or ten minutes from this podcast what's the top five things to buy slash do now as a prepper 
for someone only has food. So basically, you've got to think about it through the lens of a couple of things. Number one, I'll do. I need that to stop the light. Yeah, there's a couple of things that you need to think about in the perspective of. Number one, what do you need to live and be safe? And number two, what's valuable? And those things, for a newbie prepper, okay, so what's, um, what do you need to live and what's valuable? And those things are got a relationship what's valuable you can exchange for things that you need to live and what things you need to live you can keep or exchange for things that are valuable and sometimes what you need to live and what's valuable are basically the same thing so for the new prepper i would so let's say hypothetically you've got um 200 pounds that's all you have and you think what's the worst case scenario okay there's a lockdown people are staying indoors you have to live by yourself and you've only got say 200 pounds now the question is do you get 200 pounds of food probably not what you have to do is get 200 pounds of something that is valuable and the only thing that I can think of that's worth more than its weight in gold is seeds. I would say getting seeds, just being able to grow crops, grow food, because if you get the food, you can only get so much food. But if you get seeds, just so you can, because when, if, if the crops fail and um, people stop um, growing crops then even if it's not needed now in a year's time seeds will be like fairy dust it'd be so rare so I would probably get a 200 pounds worth of seeds now what do you do if you've got the ability to prepare in a bigger way well I would get seeds that's something that you need and is valuable and I would get um, a tinned food I would get the ability to purify water water purification um, those three things are important you know food that lasts a long time purify water um seeds and then probably get some things as well that are valuable as well and i'll leave that up to you to decide what you think is valuable um you might think that you would just want to keep savings and and yeah i'll leave you to decide but the main things are food and being able to create food and that is important for the newbie prepper. So I might take a break here. Um, we'll see what else is on the news and we'll see what we can talk about. Um, so let's see if there's an update coronavirus okay this is interesting um, I'm running out of content here so pardon me if um, I just end up reading a news article I feel like I have if even if you've watched this far I filled this podcast with enough content we've got a question in for wait a sec we've got news in for, from from yep Let's read it. Okay. Rainwater collection is cheaper than a water purifier. I think you are right, but there is a sense that rainwater. No, rainwater is clean. Um, 
Yeah. But you can even get <laughs> just like a drop of bleach. That's all you need to <laughs> to make water drinkable. A drop of bleach. No, no. You, you can get tablets that go into water and kill most of the bacteria and harmful contaminants. So yeah, a rainwater collection is probably a good idea. And there's plenty of good ideas like this, which I think could possibly be useful. Um, but in my hum, that is in the world of being self-sufficient, like I was talking about, and living in the forest where you can sustain yourself and focus on things which are only essential to life. And I think that's probably the ideal way to live. But in my humble opinion, I think that the water will keep on running on the taps because I don't think the level of crisis in this country will get to the stage that wipe out infrastructure to the level of running out of tap water. So I think tap water is quite possibly safe. But that's talking from a place of ignorance where I don't know what it takes to supply water. Because if you imagine if um, the people who supply the safe drinking water, if they were to stay in home and you didn't have the maintenance to keep all the water and the main supply of that, if there was no maintenance, then things could break down and there could be a situation where your place doesn't have water and you don't have someone to fix it for you. So just the simple things, like how many times in your life has a plumber come to your house? Like if, if something were to happen, then you could be in a predicament and have problems. So let's read a news article and um, then we'll probably um, call it a day unless I think of more to talk about. So, coronavirus, how to behave in an epidemic. The virus is exploiting our very humanity. We are social creatures, but this disease risks turning our natural instincts into a fatal weakness. Our old routines and habits must be replaced with new customs and practices. We need to adjust to the etiquette of an epidemic. So how should we behave? How can we be pro-social in a world where a comforting hand or a hug are considered antisocial or even reckless? In normal times, we look to calm anxiety and stress with the human touch, but these are not normal times. The human touch may be the enemy. Every object we and others come to contact with may be a vector for the virus. The right thing to do, to do is to deny this cruel bug the chance to spread. And then it goes on. I won't read the whole thing because it's boring. But you get the idea. When things get hard, um, you have to readjust. And let's just read the end here. It is the responsibility of all of us to minimise the risks to ourselves, our family and the wider community. The disease may be exploiting our humanity, but it is our consideration for others, our compassion and our love for each other which will defeat it. The next few months will test the strength of our community beyond anything that we have seen in living memory. The demands on us, on all of us, are as great as even, or even greater than in wartime, future generations will judge us for how we behave. So thank you for listening to that little, me reading the news article because I've run out of stuff to say. Oh, news coming just in, back to the studio. Let's um, find something else to read. <laughs> anyway, 
Yeah. So I've just seen one of my two concurrent viewers um, go and away from the screen. So I'm not quite sure who I'm talking to at this point, but never mind. Okay, we must stay active. Okay, stay at home, stay to, to stay at home to stay safe. 1.5 million advised. Okay, so people are staying at home. So in this country, the coronavirus rose to 244 on Sunday as cases topped 5,000. So 244 people have died in the UK and there is 5,000 cases. But they predict that there is more than 5,000. There could be up to 10 times that amount. So, on testing, anyway, something to do with testing, people in supermarkets, well, tape has been put on some shop floors to mark how far customers should stand apart. That's crazy. That is madness. Okay, I think we will call it a day here and we'll do two sessions today. We'll come back with some more updates and we will keep you updated with the latest and greatest news in the worldwide situation as we know it. So thank you for watching. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.